Welcome, welcome everyone to episode 16 on the Prismatic Academy podcast. I'm Chrissy Marie, and in this episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with San Diego artist and arts community advocate, Eric Benson. Eric is a very special light in this world, and I'm so thrilled to share a part of his story with you, along with the amazing accomplishments and positive impact he's making both in the community and for fellow artists. I'm so excited because we got to chat about many things like his background growing up as a half-black, half-white gay artist growing up in a conservative Christian environment, how he found his courage to pursue his passions, how anger can be an ally, as well as how to tame your inner critic and so much more. His sharing was really inspirational and I'm excited to share it with you. So without any further ado, here's episode 16, The Art of Authentic Self-Expression with Eric Benson. warm up a little bit if that's okay sounds great to me awesome okay well the holidays are coming up um what do you want for christmas Uh, honestly (laughs) i want sanity for christmas sanity that's awesome so if you were to give yourself the gift of sanity what would that look like that would probably be a sense of uh well more self-control and probably a little bit of, uh, I don't know, just financial <laughs> gain or stability. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Santa. <laughs> right. How you, how you doing? <laughs> okay. Um, what is your favorite piece of advice? Um, my favorite piece of advice in general, but I don't follow it completely, is, uh, you know, Everybody is more concerned about themselves than they are you. Mm, I love that. Like, not everybody's looking so closely at you. Yeah, there's so many times in my life that I, I literally, like, critique myself so hard. And I forget that everybody else has, like, so much crap going on, too, that, you know, that I'm honestly not that important. And it's kind of great to think that sometimes. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> when did you first learn that? Or when did that, like become realized for you i don't know i actually like had a relationship a couple years ago and i constantly critiqued myself really hard and it really took a toll on the relationship but i think uh the best time that that actually happened was probably recently maybe late 25 i'm now 26 and i think it wasn't just a specific time i found it i think it was more of um a progression into the idea of it. Mm. Yeah, I ha- I oops, sorry. I'm trying to get the the volume right here, so so I don't have to do too much no editing. No Let's see. Um, I really like that too. That not everybody is looking so closely. That people are usually more concerned about what's going on in their own lives than yours. It kind of, um, I think it helps a little bit with empathy and awareness and kind of getting outside of yourself also and also to like let your guard down a little bit to be like you know what nobody's looking that closely so I'm gonna do what I love yeah um (laughs) I think I had to let go at some point how much I was living for other people and not for myself Mm -hmm. Um, there was a big point in my life where, you know, I wanted to be like the CEO of a hotel or 
have like some riveting job that you know when you walk into a bar when you walk into a place you're like i work here and Mm. people will envy you well i found out people don't really envy you they just don't give a damn (laughs) (laughs) how true is that yeah you know i used to believe that too that you know your career is kind of like your your badge of honor you know the thing that the badge that you get to wear on your chest and you know show people like look i'm successful so be proud of me. <laughs> I did a thing. Yeah, I think the whole thing that's kind of getting me now a little bit is the matter of uh, what success is to me now. And that's something that I'm really struggling with is because uh, every time I get something or some serious recognition or I've just been inducted into the Hillcrest Town Council and mm-hmm. got my awards, whatever I'm doing, um, I, it's always like the next step for me is is the, I'm not happy and I don't spend enough time being happy about the achievement. I try and go on to the next thing. Right. So that's kind of scary to me, actually. You know, and I think that that's something that we all do. We don't take the time to revel in our accomplishments and celebrate what actually went into, you know, this moment of success. So what are you doing around that to really appreciate your accomplishments? Um, to be honest, I think I, I recently got into a relationship and it's going really well. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm giving myself the opportunity to be loved. Uh, to me, I think that that's probably my biggest accomplishment so far is allowing myself to like let somebody in and and appreciate me for what I'm doing, all this stuff. Because once I'm recognizing the appreciation on his behalf, then uh, I think that it's gonna rub off on me that maybe hey, I'm actually doing a pretty good job. I'm mm-hmm. actually doing pretty well for someone who just became a full time artist in like. April. So, you know, allowing myself to be loved is probably the best thing I'm doing for myself to move forward in that manner. That's beautiful. Well, thank you. (laughs) Uh, Let's do one more. How about, do you have a habit that you've developed that has positively impacted your life? Like maybe something you do every day? positively impacted my life um like a commitment to yourself you're like i'm gonna do this every day or once a week just for me because i know it's good for me uh so yeah i i believe i do i can't say confidently that it's correct at this point but maybe this is what i think is i make sure i achieve at least one goal every day and what like two two goals technically let's say that i want to finish something or work towards my goal in in a manner where i want to uh do a new painting or start a new painting or work on something for the town council and then another one is i want to positively impact someone's day each day so if it's just giving someone a hug telling somebody they're beautiful uh, forgiving myself or forgiving a friend, I want to do something positively that'll impact somebody, some way, even if it's me, my parents, my friends, um, and do a piece of artwork or contribution contribution to artwork and art in the community in some way. 
Mm. I love that. I love it. And you can almost kill two birds with one stone with that that last goal, right? About uh, positively impacting somebody's life. And I love that that you add that to your list of intentions. Do you do that when you start the day, or do you do do you set your intentions the day before? What does that look like? Honestly, right now, my life is a hot mod podge of a mess because, like, we're moving, we're, we are, you know, all this success kind of came out of nowhere, mm-hmm. um, all this different stuff. So uh, I'm very disorganized right now, and I'm going to be very frank about that. Uh, we all are. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have myself, like, a, a goal-oriented uh, notebook or anything mm-hmm. like that right now i just keep it in the back of my head my memory has gotten really good mm-hmm. lately because <laughs> i have to memorize a lot of dates and stuff like that but i just remember these are the two things you're supposed to do today these are the two, if you're going to do anything at all today do those two things mm-hmm. awesome cool well maybe we can get a little bit into your background into your story so i know that you're not from san diego where are you from and what brought you out here so I am was born in Pennsylvania, um, more of in a rural area outside of Philadelphia. Uh, I was raised there f- until I was about nine, and then I moved to New Jersey, went back and forth between my mom and my dad. Uh, eventually, once got out of high school, went to college at Rowan University. It's in Glassboro. Mm-hmm. I was studying fine arts um, and didn't really... I enjoyed it, and I was proud of myself. I got a half-paid tuition scholarship and stuff. But uh, where my, where either I messed up or my teacher messed up, I can't tell. Maybe I'm just rebellious. But he was like, "Don't use this color. Don't use this technique. Don't do scribble marks. Don't do this or that." And art's all about like how you're feeling and your emotion behind it. And so if I want to mm-hmm. do some scribbles, I'm going to do some damn scribbles. Right. <laughs> well, I was also in a fraternity at the same time. And I was the philanthropy chair. So I did a couple fundraisers and I raised the most money that uh, the fraternity had seen since its charter, since it was established in that school. How'd you do that? Uh, why did I do that? How? How? I, uh, so I don't know if you remember the show Glee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, of course. And, and the Born This Way Foundation. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I combined the two and I did a anti-bullying uh, body positivity event on the main patio of the school where I had everyone gather and they took their white shirts like in that episode and wrote their biggest flaw that they felt about themselves. And we all joined together um, playing games and just enjoying life and enjoying our 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 flaws together because everybody had something and uh, multiple fraternities, multiple sororities, everybody came out, enjoyed themselves. We had a great time and we raised a good, almost thousand dollars. And it was, it was just a fun day. It didn't seem like a normal fundraiser where you're like begging for money. It was one of those situations where we had a great time. And uh, eventually that got me a position at a biotech company out here in Carlsbad. And uh, I took the internship out here. And then that turned into a contractor position after the end of the summer. And I was like, honestly, I'm not really feeling art school. I'm just going to stay out here. (laughs) All right. So that was about six years ago. And here I am. (laughs) Cool. Well, first of all, with your fundraiser, I admire you so much for that. I don't think that I 
would have the courage, one, to advocate for myself or for others at that age, let alone, you know, have the the focus. I have no idea where my head was at in college. I know that it was, like, intensely focused on studies. Um, but good for you. What what inspired that for you? Uh, I think I just really like the idea of the episode from Glee. And I had plenty of problems growing up. Because uh, my shirt, my shirt had said never good enough hmm. uh, on it. So mine wasn't really a body flaw. Mine was like a mental flaw. Mm-hmm. And that's personal. Um, because I just like, felt like I wasn't stacking up to what my parents expected, uh, growing up gay in a very, uh, honestly, I'll tell you, like in an ethnic household, black household, it was just kind of like my cousins didn't really, uh, believe too much that, you know, LGBT people were going to heaven. And it was kind of like the, the, the cross, uh, mentality of a African-American person, also with um, the belief in Christianity or, you know, just the whole culture of religion with the black lifestyle goes hand in hand. And I was very judged growing up, Um, as well as I was a mixed person. uh, I'm black and white. Mm -hmm. So I was always too white for the black people and too black for the white people. So I never fit in and I never felt good enough. So once I got to college, I kind of just shed my shit and was like, (laughs) here I am. This is what I'm doing. I don't care anymore. Like, you don't like it. Get out of my way because I'm going to make something of myself one day. How brave of you. Was that kind of like an instant change for you or was it a gradual change? Did you, like, one day just wake up and be like, you know what, I'm done with this, and I'm going to be me? Or did it take a lot of soul-searching? There's so much soul-searching, and I'm never going to stop having the Mm soul-searching happening. Uh, It's I I really do appreciate and slightly envy the people who are like, yeah, I woke up one day, and I was like, forget it, whatever, I don't (laughs) care. I envy those people because, for me, it's... It's like walking up the stairs three steps at a time. Mm -hmm. So you can do it doesn't mean that you're not going to trip, you're not going to fall, you're not going to miss a step, or you're going to be overexerting yourself. And maybe sometimes you're going to stretch too much. Right. Uh, so there's always some risk to it. And I've definitely had some fallbacks. And, you know, once I had the fallbacks, I may have taken a break on a step, taken a seat, mm-hmm. <laughs> sat there longer than I needed to. But uh, yeah. I would definitely say it's still gradual, but I'm always going to be climbing. Sure. What do some of those steps look like for you, you know, in moving from isolation to self-acceptance? I would say for me, uh, the self-acceptance coming from isolation, uh, I, I get nervous about how I say this because like it, it just, you know, everybody deals with their own demons and stuff, sure. but there was a lot of animosity and a lot of anger towards many a people mm-hmm. for not, for not instantly accepting me growing up. I was very immature on that. You had to accept me right there and then 
you had to think I'm a lovely person. I needed so much validation. And I personally forgot that you need to gain respect sometimes. And so, so I would act out in very, very obnoxious ways because, you know, here I am, I accept myself. You need to accept me too. And that was the biggest flaw that I had probably later on in the years, 21, 22, 23, 24. So there was a lot of recalibrating and uh, introspective situations that needed to happen to finally, you know, gain a lot, my, gain self-acceptance and acceptance of others because there was many times that I was doing stupid stuff that I'd wake up in the morning and be like, oh my God, I can't believe I said that or did that or did this. Right. And, you know, I'm so glad that you brought that up because, honestly, it's very, very natural. And I think that anger gets a bad rep, you know, like we're taught not to be angry or to conceal our anger, that we shouldn't act out. And, yes, I think that there are ways that we can be mindful or, like, have an awareness around anger to where we can transform that into something positive. But being able to pay attention to be like, hey, I feel this way and it doesn't feel good and I need to make this change, that is you know, where most people start. So, yeah. so I, uh, I, I don't like it, or I don't want to say that I don't like it, but I feel like people can have more compassion for anger because it's something that we all feel and struggle with it, whether we admit it outwardly or not. Yeah. It's, it's kind of ironic because I was angry before that, you know, people didn't accept me, um, that people, you know, judged me or people were, didn't take me so seriously, actually. I think that's one of my main things is that I was a young person growing up, uh, primarily, I want to say from 17 on, and people always just severely doubted me. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I've been getting a, you know, I've been starting to collect some accolades and now people are, I knew you could always do it. You're doing so good. And now, I was right and behind I'm, you the whole time. And, and, now, and now I'm angry all over. Oh, right? no. Okay, well, what? I personally secretly love being underestimated because I'm like, oh, because you're going to just make this leap and bound in somebody's eyes when really it was kind of effortless for you. But yeah. let's stick a little bit with with anger because now you have you know you went through this introspective process you have this new awareness um as a young adult when you find yourself angry what do you do to help yourself manage that and deal with it and overcome it and transform that into something positive well the wonderful thing about that is that luckily you know i'm an artist mm -hmm. so i can paint something and people are like oh my god that's beautiful and i'm like yeah i did that because i'm pissed <laughs> so, my anger painting <laughs> my anger painting one of my first art shows and he knows this too was somebody who I kind of okay this is going to sound really cheesy but a very temporary relationship where he kind of played me and just kind of like led me on and then after a while just ghosted me no. we're friends we're friends now but my first successful art show ever was my first painting in that art series was based off of him so it's funny because, you know, my anger started my whole art career. Yeah, I love that because, you know, I went through something similar and I have, I started a painting out of that energy too. 
And I realized mm-hmm. that as I was painting, I let the anger go, even though the situation was like devastating and heartbreaking. But now I have this half finished painting because I'm like, I don't know what else to do with this because I'm not angry anymore. <laughs> well, well, one thing I've learned is, um, so I don't know if you know Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. But, of course. Uh, yeah, Voldemort had his horcruxes, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes I call my paintings my horcruxes because I'll, I'll finish it, even though I'm pissed about it or the situation that's behind it. Mm-hmm. I'll finish it and then I'll sell it. And I'm like, look at that. You can make money off of being angry. totally yeah I mean art is really I think it's captured uh, emotion you know in one it's a snapshot of emotion yeah well have you always wanted to be an artist yeah ever since I remember I was a small child uh, I was an only child at the time and living in Pennsylvania and what I would do is uh, we had like an acre of land it was a massive what it, I think it was maybe two acres and it was a massive just backyard with good amount of woods in the back and you know it was just fun so I would run into the woods bury a little toy of mine and I would draw a map to it a very detailed map with trees and directions and you know little landmarks or whatever like there's a broken tree over here i would draw a broken tree i never would find that toy again but that was my introduction (laughs) into the arts that's amazing do so were you supported in that passion i believe i kept it sort of hidden for a while uh not hidden so much as i would do it but it was um it's, it's funny because I think, again, I was very angry as a kid. Uh, I grew up in a very, more so, until I was seven or so, uh, a very white town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so everybody else's parents were together and everybody else had, you know, support in home and I was living with my grandparents and my and my mom but you know every other weekend I was switching off and I had to become this whole other character for like the blacks out of my family Mm. and so I was very angry as a kid and it's funny now because I could draw a brain with teeth and very angry eyes and blood coming out at every orifice of it or something like that i don't even know and people are like that's awesome but when you're an eight-year-old kid they're like he might kill somebody (laughs) (laughs) so you learn to like pack that up real quick Mm -hmm. because it's not socially acceptable to draw scary things psychologically wise but you know now i can do whatever i want and i think it's kind of cool to do that but yeah it was hidden for a while and I think until maybe sophomore junior year I always loved art class but until sophomore junior year they they were like oh you really got something here Mm -hmm. and that was more of my teachers I still think that my parents barely kind of knew yeah that's so great because I feel like I've always been told you know that I have an artistic talent but I was never told that I was allowed to be an artist you know yeah If anything, what was louder was something that wasn't spoken, which was, you definitely can't be an artist. 
Oh yeah, it's it's funny because when I was in college, uh, my first year, you know, they made it sound like boot camp. I, the only reason I went to school for college, uh, the, the only reason I went to school for art was because I got my scholarship. Otherwise, my dad was like, you need to go to trade school. You need to learn a trade. You need to go and become a carpenter or, mm-hmm. or you know, some kind of welder, something along those lines, something I didn't want to be at all. Uh, when I got the scholarship, I went to the school. And my teacher was like, one out of 75 of you is going to make it. And I was like, well, I'll be damned. I'll be that one. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. Oh, yeah. I think that that would have intimidated the crap out of me at that age. Because, you know, I definitely was a people pleaser, too. And, you know, wanted nothing more than to follow my parents' expectations. And, you know, when they they plant these ideas in your head, like, how are you going to feed yourself as an artist? I'm like, oh, yeah how am I going to feed myself? And then you completely forget all of your incredible abilities. Yeah. It's uh, ironic in a sense, because people are always like, Oh, a starving artist, a starving artist. And yeah, sometimes it gets extremely hard, but we also have the capability of when times get rough, we can come up with a really cute project that's pretty quick and start selling it for, an affordable amount and make a good amount of money in mm-hmm. a day or two. Yeah. It's just about the effort behind it. Do you attribute a part of that to being in a flow state? So I think where I want to go next with this is like how you think and live in the world differently from the rest of society as a creative and as an artist. Um, like how do you bring those opportunities towards you? I could probably say easily manifesting, like manifesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely made myself really sit down in the beginning of this year and start thinking of like, what, what do you really want, Eric? What do you really want? And I, you know, told myself a couple of goals and, you know, I, that going back to it, I made sure I woke up every day doing something respectful and kind and kind of paying it forward to somebody else, making somebody else happy. And also in a sense, working towards the goal, personally doing something artistic. So not even knowing that I was really doing it, I kind of manifested certain goals and worked towards it just by doing one to two things a day, sometimes doing 12 and doing the most, but Mm -hmm. just kind of going for it. And being and, disciplined um, with it, it sounds. Ooh, I would say there's a couple <laughs> days that I slept in. I definitely slept sure. in. You know, the emotions run high as an artist, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's what I'm struggling with now, too, with my art, whether it's writing or doing this podcast or, you know, even painting. It's like being disciplined and making yourself do something small every single day, at least just getting in the habit, but also respecting that, you know, time of quiet that you need, you know, the space that is created to allow ideas to come to you. Yeah, it's it's funny because you talk about time and I, the thing I do struggle with is comparing myself to other people, especially mm-hmm. in a time of social media. Uh, there's many a times that I see people doing the nine to five every day now, which I recently had left that lifestyle mm-hmm. and was accustomed to it. 
But now I will work for three days straight, coffee, coffee, monster, <laughs> you know, pump it out, get it done, knock out four or five projects in just like three days. And then I will sleep for two. <laughs> sure. And so, do you do that because you feel like you have to or because you're just in it? Because uh, I get in it. I'm starting yeah. to recognize my flow. And I don't work like everybody else. I can't do something for two hours, put it down, come back. Can't work on it. Then, like, come back to it two hours later. When I'm in it, I need to get it done. Mm. Yeah. I definitely feel the same way. What are some other forms of art you enjoy besides Um, painting? I honestly can say there was this freeing moment at 25 It was freeing and terrifying at the same time, but I realized I'm going to die one day Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to restrict myself from trying to do anything. So I started believing that I can do anything. And once you release your mentality of just walls that are blocking you from doing what you want, I mean, I'm doing things like reading books in a day, which I never was able to do. You know, I'm, I'm starting to learn how to sing a little bit more. I'm starting to write better poems. I'm writing narratives and book, like I'm working on writing books and stuff like that. And it's, you know, these are things I never thought I could do in high school, probably just because people push ideas of what you can and can't do on yourself as a younger person. But now I'm feeling like I can do whatever I want. And, um, I've been pursuing everything. I make dresses out of trash. I've been doing drag. Wow. <laughs> I've yeah. been painting and, you know, I'm going to start working on murals and stuff. And I'm also event planning and hosting shows. I've been a wedding planner. I, I, whenever you just free yourself of that, you can pursue whatever you want. And I'm trying to do, I'm going to do whatever I want to do at this point. That's so beautiful. <laughs> I, you said that you started doing drag what is that like for you I imagine it to be like very freeing like acting right you get to like be a different person but I also wonder if you're like also being more of yourself yes and yes I think <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think it's you get to bring a persona into character and it's it's like sketching a comic book character, but being able to make them live action. Hmm. So I'm not, personally, I haven't developed my character yet. I haven't really done that. And I kind of want to do that. Because uh, there's a whole bunch of gender bending now in general, where you mm-hmm. can be a drag, you can be a, a bio drag king, which is you can be a boy as a drag king. Mm-hmm. You can be a drag queen, you can be an in-between, you can be a club kid. There's so many things you can do, and it's all about how you just want to go about it. And that's the freedom of it, is that however you feel like expressing yourself, you don't have to put it on a canvas anymore. You can put it on your body and do a show and get paid for it instantaneously. So it's so rewarding, and I love being on stage. Uh, What a fun form of play. What was it like the first time that you got up on stage? Oh my god. The first time I got on stage, 
was actually um, this huge competition in Hillcrest, San Diego here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Tantrums and Tiaras. <laughs> and it's about like a thousand to two thousand people come to the observatory. Mm-hmm. And it's a giant fundraiser for the uh, the community, the LGBT community center. Uh-huh. And honestly, they only picked like five to six people to do it. And you have to create this parody pageant. So, like, you make this whole character for yourself. Mm -hmm. And you walk out on stage and you do the swimsuit and you do the evening gown and you do the question and answer. And then you do, like, a talent portion. It's absurdly, it's, like, an absurdly big production. It's crazy. And that was my first introduction into it. Like, I just went for it and it was terrifying. But it was so rewarding in the end. And now you're hooked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, honestly, I haven't been able to do it lately because mm-hmm. I, I'm one of those people that if I'm going to go and show face out and about, I'm going to like perfect it a little mm-hmm. bit before. <laughs> sure. Because drag, other drag queens are really judgmental. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Very cool. <laughs> well, you talked a little bit about the Hillcrest community. Do you want to tell us a little bit do you want to like describe for people who don't know um, anything about the Hillcrest community and how you're involved in it? Absolutely. This might be a little uh, <laughs> long run-on sentence here, but Hillcrest community in San Diego is a diverse group of individuals who are LGBT usually or LGBT allies. So lesbian, gay, transgender, bisexual, plus plus, meaning um, many other forms of queerity that are happening right now in the world. So there's like gender fluid. There are many different facets to sexuality and genders now. Um, so we have gathered in a safe place called Hillcrest and it is a two mile stretch called university. And we all just have an LGBT focused bars and, you know, everybody's free to come in and do all that different stuff. But um, it's it's a really nice area, and it's definitely up and coming. So it's something to look out for if you haven't visited before. Sure. Uh, as far as what I'm doing, whew, um, I am doing art shows for B Squared Productions, and uh, B Squared Productions squared stands for Benson Beck which is my co-partner, Kristen Beck in this. And we have a little group of uh, other people named Zach Renfro and Ariel Carino. But uh, we host art shows for uh, that, and we're becoming a nonprofit. And what we're going to be doing is hosting parties and uh, productions basically around town that'll raise money in efforts to give grants or supplies to struggling artists who are wanting to more pursue art or want to go back to school for um, arts of their choice. And that can be dancing, theater, anything like that. We're just trying to support the arts community. Beyond that, that has gotten me into a situation, not a situation, (laughs) more like a... Amazing opportunity. (laughs) Yes, yes. There's so many, so many words flying around in my head. And I was like, let me just... (laughs) <laughs> I have become, I've recently been inducted into the Hillcrest Town Council as the uh, chair of the arts committee. So that entails me going around 
uh, getting community engagement riled up about arts. Uh, we have a lot of businesses closing, a lot of um, sanitary issues sometimes. There's a lot of, you know, Hillcrest is supposed to be bright, vibrant with rainbows and happiness and, you know, a lot of arts and culture because we're extremely creative individuals, usually the LGBT group, because, you know, it's an outlet of some sort. Yet uh, North Park and other um surrounding communities have more murals, have more art collectives, have a lot more of those things going on. And it's being recognized that, you know, other parts of the city are not in a word gentrifying, but cleaning up and beautifying their town. And so my efforts in that position uh, as well, it's a volunteer position, but, you know, it's an honor to be in that position. Uh, we are basically getting, like I said, everybody riled up to, you know, create funding for no more murals, uh, to assist in getting a rainbow crosswalk, to basically make this a beautiful town, bright and vibrant as it should be. Yeah, that and that's so beautiful. And yes, Hillcrest is incredibly vibrant and also has arguably some of the best food in San Diego. So, oh my gosh. right. So if people haven't visited, definitely check it out. And with your with your work with the town council, I mean, you have to be one of the youngest people there, if not the youngest, right? I believe so. I think that there might be one person younger than me on the board. But my group as a collective on the Arts Council, we're rather young, I would say. Um, I think the youngest is my actual friend, Kristen, who's also part of the council, too. She's 24. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so I'm trying to bring in some new perspectives and views because, you know, it's kind of necessary. And it, it, it's also in hopes that if they see... A younger face on it then people will be more inclined to assist in community you know involvement amazing i love advocates for the arts and especially for bringing arts to the community and i love what you're yeah. doing with is it b2 square b squared what was it b squared b, b squared. squared yeah um because i feel like artists just aren't supported enough you know it's almost like when somebody walks up to you and they're like, oh, I'm an artist, people roll their eyes, you know, but they don't say that when a person walks up and says, you know, I'm a cellist. They're like, oh, really? Like, that's amazing. So, that's beautiful. Yeah. And, and I mean artists in the sense of like a painter, like an actor or, you know, um, I feel like there's not enough advocates for that who are open and supporting that in the community. So... Good job for you. Gold star. Thank you. I appreciate that. Let's talk a little bit about your recent award, the Nikki Award for Outstanding <laughs> Achievement in the Arts. What was that all about? Thank you. Yeah, so the Nikki Awards, it was the 43rd annual Nikki Awards, and it's been happening, obviously, 43 years. And so what it is is it's basically a reward or recognition to those outstanding citizens who are participants in the community and or advocates of sorts. Uh, so 
I was, I believe I was up against like 12 people. Someone nominates you or you can even nominate yourself sometimes, but you, um, I was up against, I think like 12 people. I was up against B squared productions. I was up against my own team. (laughs) And so it was cool because, you know, um, and I support all the candidates who are up there. They all, everybody deserved it. And, uh, Basically, once you're nominated, people can vote on you in one winner, or if there's a tie, usually one person wins um, a recognition award. You know, mm-hmm. you, you are really recognized for being this characteristic in this category. So with everything I've been doing in the arts, um, I believe, yeah, it, it pulled the win and I was, I'm still kind of a little bit shaken by it. Oh, so cool. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, what an accomplishment. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, well, one one last thing. What do you wish you could tell your your younger self? Oh, man. Uh, Honestly, could I opt out and say nothing (laughs) yeah you can because I wouldn't be here if I told myself or knew anything from the future Mm. or or recognize anything or got any different assistance like everything worked out the way it did and should have to get me here to this conversation so I would let me my old me go through exactly the same thing and all the heartache and anger and triumph and defeat in the same exact way with the same depression and all those other things that happen because you know there's no point in regretting it you can just utilize all those emotions that you had and opportunities and things that happened but or you can make it your demon but you know luckily I've chose to triumph over everything and I would probably not be able to stand here and be happy with, you know, everything that's going on in my life for the most part if I knew anything. Mm. I love that you said that. You know, I've been thinking a lot about that question too and I think that I would have the exact same answer. (laughs) And it's not that everything happened for a reason, but it's like everything had its place and contributed to, you know, the person that I am today. And it's more about developing an appreciation and love for who that is and who I'm becoming. So maybe, maybe to expand upon it, what do you, is there anything that you would tell your future self? Like what would you hope for the future? Oh, if I could tell anything for my future self, because uh, I know I'll probably be in this placement again. I'll just uh, take it easy on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you deserve it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really hard on myself. So I know that this is going to keep happening. Like there's a mm-hmm. trend here rolling out now. So I would just tell myself to take it easy on yourself. Like, yeah, it, is that really going to matter? So whatever it may be that I'm dealing with in the future, that would be the one thing I would say. 
I love that. And often our future advice is our best present advice. So hopefully you get some time to relax and take it easy over these holidays as you spend time with family. <laughs> uh, I have an art show I'm actually doing tonight. So. Are you? So exciting. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think it's great when you're doing something that you're passionate about because oftentimes it doesn't feel like work, you know? Yeah, it's, it's very enjoyable. I also... It's it's been crossed now where sometimes it gets blurred, but it's a, it's a wonderful deal for awesome. myself. I'm very happy about it. Well, tell us about your art show and tell us about any upcoming events you might have. Um, so I don't have anything really for the rest of this month. Actually, I mean, I've host started hosting uh, parties. I guess just stepping away from the art shows. Um, I have. Late December 21st, I have a show at the rail that we are producing B Squared, obviously. Um, and it's called Vibes. And it's a glow-in-the-dark uh, night party. It's it's really just a relaxed environment. Uh, DJ is playing. You can get your drinks at the bar and just enjoy yourself. And it's kind of like a kickback. There's like Jenga and, you know, beer pong. And it's really nice music and beats from uh dj undefined and it's it's more like a relaxation because i know that oftentimes i'm so stressed that i wanted to create the perfect event to go to to just hang out with your friends <laughs> and kick back and have fun right uh, not like raise your face off mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um the art show tonight obviously but the next one will be our one year anniversary in january which is going to be pretty cool um the last tuesday of every month and tonight's our Christmas show, but we're doing a strictly abstract show, this theme. So it'll be pretty cool. Um, and then we'll probably, for next month during our anniversary show, have, you know, some of our uh, most enthused artists back, ones who really, really, really um, appreciated the opportunity and grown from it, and they can come back and talk about how much they've grown, uh, you know, get their, their voice out there about, you know, how much the opportunity really helped them because we don't take any commission from anybody who participates in our shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really make sure that you get to keep all your own money. Um, you can spotlight yourself. It's all about how the, you take advantage of the opportunity because we're just there to assist you. So our, our shows have really kind of um, grown a little bit and, and gained some popularity because it's, you know, it's there for the community. It's an outlet of any sort. Cause we have, the, a DJ during it. We have all the artists come in. There's a little gallery. After a certain amount of time, we have performers. Uh, that could be a rapper. That could be a singer, a piano player. Oftentimes, we have drag queens come in and just do their thing. And it's funny because they get shocked a little bit because they're like, oh, my gosh, what, what what do I do? And I'm like, whatever you feel. <laughs> Freedom. Freedom, yeah. I love that so much, Eric. So beautiful. Like everything that you're standing for through your self-expression, courage for going for what you want in life, you know, the art that you create and what you do for the community. So thank you, thank you, thank you for... <laughs> you know, sharing your stories with me and for spending some time with me and congratulations more than anything, you know, on being an inspiration and on being an advocate and a positive influence, you know, in our community and now with the world. 
Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I really, really appreciate the opportunity. Thank Good. you so much. Yeah. And take a moment to appreciate yourself because, <laughs> you know, we definitely appreciate you. Thank you again, Eric, for sharing not only your story with us, but your incredible vision and goals for the arts community. You're truly inspirational. I love your here I am vibe and the world would definitely be less vivid and bright without your light. Our chat had me thinking a lot about the struggle of true self-expression and what it really takes to live and show up as your own unique, authentic self. It goes without saying that a lot of soul-searching along with courage and the genuine choosing of you is required in such a journey, and Eric, along with so many other inspirational creatives, has shown us that it's truly possible to live in your truth and it's worth it to chase your highest potential. In some final thoughts, I'm reminded of a quote, why try to fit in when you were born to stand out? I think I take a more external approach to this saying because when I hear it, I find myself in a place of pure gratitude for those who found the courage to stand out. Let's be honest, there are so many external influences that tell us to fall in line, to be a certain way, and to sacrifice our happiness for the happiness or expectations of others, whether it's our parents, significant others, or even just society in general. And for those of you who are looking at your purpose and passion and finding that courage to pursue those things, my full heart beats for you. You are a gift embarking on unearthing your gifts. You have more support than you realize. And if you feel called to step into your greatness, I encourage you to have faith, to encourage your courage and be deliberate in how you show up. We have to be ruthless with our path and we have to lust after the taste of that blissed out, sticky sweet nectar that comes with the conscious choosing of empowered transformation. We have to be whole. With that, it's also good to remember that our fears serve as a great compass. They point us towards our core desires, but too often we let our fears take the wheel and steer our direction. And fun fact, for those of you still searching for your calling or vocation, the word vocation literally means calling. And I believe that a strong call towards something in life is a very precious thing, inherent in the quest of your purpose. It's beautiful, it's magical, and so are you. If you have a story to share, I'd love to hear it. We have a great community on Facebook under The Prismatic Life, or you can find me online at theprismaticlife.com. As always, if you enjoy this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. All the things. It really does make a difference, and I love you so much for your support. I'm Chrissy Marie, and until next time, cheers. Cheers.